Father, we thank you for speaking to us, for helping your children see the things, know the things that you wanted them to know in this moment. I pray that you may continue to talk to them and help them to make this a priority in their life, to hear from you on a daily basis, that every scripture be personal to each one of us. Healing, restoring, and renewing lives, every possibility. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your wisdom, your understanding that is in this place, that is working in our lives. And as we proceed, we pray that you will continue to work and give us ears to hear you, a mind to understand, and a heart to receive everything that you have in store. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So quickly, I hope you I hope you enjoyed reading the word. I hope that you were able to see it differently, that the Spirit of God revealed or talked to you in a manner that was different from your usual Bible study. Because too often we go into reading the scriptures by our knowledge. Now we already know some things, but it is, it is fruitful when the Spirit of God brings in what He wants us to see, what He wants us to receive. That's where life and growth happens. Right? So practice this on a daily basis, that you enter Bible reading with a blank mind, not going by your presumptions or for someone else, but just going so that you can hear from God, you can apply those things in your personal life. And that's how you continue to grow towards it. We are going to continue on our studies of uh, the art of hearing God. And one of the very, uh, one of the very important chapters in this study is the spiritual versus the soul. Okay, that is our first highlight for this morning. That is the spiritual versus the soul. Let's read John three verse three. John chapter three. Verse 3. Jesus replied, I assure you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now what does born again here or in any possible way mean? We are already born. But now born again means to be recreated, to be renewed, to be, to be revived in a way that we have not been yet. Born again is simply God allowing or God creating us as He wants us to be. Each one of us, we have been born in sin, but God now recreating, reviving or renewing us in the likeness of Christ. That is the born again stature of our lives. We, uh, the, the Bible says that we have been formed in the image of God, right? So our life begins the moment we were conceived. The conception phase is where life begins. No matter what the world defines it right now. But if you have been conceived, if a child is conceived, then there is life. And in that moment, they have all the attributes of a human being. They have a body, they have a soul, they have a spirit. Right now, you have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. Right? But the problem arises, or 
naturally comes up is now the body and the soul functions quite a lot but the spirit is not so functional why because our soul our physic is more dominating than the spirit itself okay that is where born again is required so that we may start living by the spirit rather than by the soul now we are born in flesh but the spirit is the primal factor in our lives which many of us in natural tendencies we don't understand let's see first thessalonians 5:23 first thessalonians 5:23 now may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your read these three things may your spirit soul and body be kept sound and blameless for the coming of the lord jesus so you see you and i we have the spirit soul and body so born again when god is functioning or god is working for our born again stature he is focusing for our spirit to be in the primal factor not the body first not the soul first but the spirit should come up should spirit should be lifted high the spirit should be the dominating our voice in our in our life not the soul but we often function by our mind we often function by our emotions that's our heart and that is where soul rules more okay but the bible requires us that we break we humble ourselves down i think you just read in the psalms 51 verse 17 it requires a contrite heart Okay, that is important for the spirit rule to rise above the soul rule. In Romans five six, he goes on to say that when we were still without strength, or when we were weak, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Okay, Jesus made himself available even when we were in the soul structure, right? Not even when we were in the spiritual realm. but even when we were in the sinful nature he still made himself available now why soul is a pro- soul rule is a problem because the more soul rules the more hard our hearts become okay the more soul rules the more hard our hearts become the more spirit rules the more humble we become so if we are walking in a hardened heart state where we are not teachable where we are not humble where we are not accountable where we are not growing that is a state that is a sign for you to know that we are still being ruled by our soul not by the spirit of god all right yeah i'm giving some clarifications before we jump into how and why all these things are important please make sure please evaluate your life being a believer still are we being ruled by our soul by our emotions by our intellect by our gut feelings by our intuitions or is the spirit truly in charge of our life right 1 john 1 verse 5 says that god is light and in him there is no darkness at all 1 john 1 verse 5 so if god is light and he is in us that there should not be any darkness there should not be any darkness with our thoughts there should not be any darkness with our emotions there should not be any darkness with our physical being confusion is one of those darkness 
Overthinking is another of those darkness. The list can go on of the things that clouds us. But God is not a God of confusion. Amen? He brings revelations and He brings clarity. He brings purity. He brings holiness. Now our life need to grow with that. Okay? When Jesus, he, he came down and He proclaimed and He taught people, even Nicodemus, He said, you must, until one is born again, so born again doesn't mean that they have to die and then take another birth. Born again is just this, that while living, you confess of your sins, you proclaim Jesus is God, you repent of your sins, and you turn your way around. You and I, it's not just enough to follow Jesus. It is mandatory that we are born again. Our thinking pattern must change. Our reception must change. Our habits must change. Our attitude must change. And all of this changes when the Spirit of God reigns in our life. Not knowledge. Knowledge won't transform us. Transformation only comes when the Spirit is over our life. We can be full of every verses. We can be very well known, very well versed of who said what and how does this doctrine talk about or what does this commandment say, whether it's in the Old Testament so it doesn't apply to the New Testament. All those things are good. That's knowledge. But only the Spirit will give you the wisdom to apply that knowledge so that your life is turned around. We need Spirit reigning us more than ever before today. Dear ones, the Spirit of God is in you. But now the Spirit of God needs to be set free. What does that mean? You see, in Matthew chapter 5, we read yesterday as well, the, the, the wheat seed must fall, it must die, so that it may bear much fruit. Right? You and I, we believing in Jesus, we may have the Spirit of God in us. But for it to fully multiply and be fruitful to the complete glory of God, it is necessary that our soul, our intellectual desires, die. If, if we are still allowing our emotions, our thoughts, our daily lifestyle to reign, then the Spirit of God cannot go further in your life. You will only allow Him to reign when you desire, when you want to worship, when you want to pray, when you want to read the Bible, but it should be the opposite. He should be telling you when you should be praying, when you should enter into the presence of God, how you should be worshipping, how you should be interceding, rather than us telling Him, it should be Him telling us. That is where soul submits to the Spirit of God. Are we telling Him what He needs to do? Or is He telling us what we need to do? Identify that in your life. Okay? The more we reign, the more difficult it is for us to receive God's word. Okay? A hardened heart will not accept God's word for completion. They will, we will take it for understanding, but we will not apply it in our lives. A hardened heart will make every possible way to grasp, uh, grasp every uh, doctrine and every theology. But when it comes to living that out, it will be very difficult. So a hardened heart will not 
be fruitful for the glory of God, a hardened heart may still receive the word of God. They may still receive. Now breaking it down is on us and our personal decision. Okay? Yesterday we have been taught on understanding or hearing the voice of God. Listen, soul will not be able to interpret what the Spirit of God wants to say. Sometimes when we are led by the leaders or by the Spirit of God and we, we are encouraged, hey, this is a moment of worship, but still many of us will be blank. Why? Because still the soul is, the soul is still functioning. It doesn't know what to do. When we call to pray for or intercede for something, we don't know what to pray for. We don't know how to pray or we don't know how to enter into the presence of God. We may come back with the same patterns that we have been doing for the last five years. Okay, we did this the last time, we did this the last time, or this is how we do it. All those things will happen. Why? Because the soul will not actually understand what the Spirit of God is trying to teach us or show us or want us to do. So if you feel confused as to what am I supposed to do now, you and I, we need to discern that there is still a part of soul that is poking in our life and that's not allowing the Spirit of God to move completely. Right? With me? Awake? Yeah? God, all God-given purpose and dreams are from the Spirit and not out of the, out of the flesh. Okay? All God-given dreams and purposes are from the Spirit of God and not out of the flesh. For us to do or achieve what God wants us to do, we have to walk in the same boat that God is in. He is Spirit and we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. He's not asking us to worship Him out of our mind, out of our emotions, out of our soul. He's wanting us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Our, is our prayer or is our worship out of what we prefer or out of what the Spirit prefers from us? There will be too many back and forths when we go with the soul. We will want who, what, who's going to do what, when are we going to do this, or who's going to lead that chapter or lead that song, but understand, the spirit has the complete control of our lives. Only then and then can we truly experience what God wants to do. Only then. We may feel good by worshipping, we may feel free by worshipping. But our praise and worship or our prayers is not so that we may feel good. It's so that God will be pleased. You hear? It's not about the songs that we like. It's not about what kind of prayers we pray. It's about the kind of prayers He desires and what kind of worship He wants from us. Let the soul and the spirit be separated. Let the spirit come on top again. And let him lead you into a, into a level of worship that you have not done before. If you do not die to yourself, you will not be able to live for Christ any moment of the day. Okay? If you do not die to yourself, you will not be able to live for Christ at any moment of the day. Why does 
why does that come up? Because every day we have our personal desires or personal challenges that can hinder us from living for Christ. Right? Today we may feel like, okay, I don't, I, I, I'm too tired. Maybe I'll do it after I wake up. We were having this conversation yesterday. We, we will, I will pray after I wake up. Sure. But how many of you are sure that you will wake up? Anyone sure? You have the confidence? We'll say, oh, God will wake me up. Okay. But will he know? Why should he? When did Jesus pray? In the Bible, the, the small instances that is, the scripture tells us, Jesus would rise up when? Early in the morning for what? So his entire purpose of waking up was what? Spending time with his father. Our entire purpose of waking up is what? Probably getting some extra sleep and then praying. For him, it was waking up so that he can pray. Notice the difference? The difference is just this, that he wanted to pray as soon as he woke up. We decide to pray if or after we wake up. Your priorities matter. Your purpose is not so that you may get a rest and then pray. Your purpose is to be with God as much and as often as possible. Your purpose, your desire should be that I can as many times, as many hours, as many days I can spend with Him, I will rejoice in it. It is not a thing or a, or a, a schedule that you follow. It is a relationship that you build with Him. Father is the Spirit. We cannot approach Him just by the soul. We cannot approach Him just in the flesh. No, He requires you to come in like-mindedness of Christ. That is Spirit. Okay? If you check your personal lives, you will easily see who is actually dominating your life. Very clearly. And this was done for us as well. I have it written down in my book on the back. There were areas that I had to know, I had to rectify, I had to prayerfully clarify that, okay, these things, I thought they were good, and I thought they were right, but they're not really helping me. They're not helping my spiritual growth. I am doing the spiritual things, but I'm doing it out of the soul, out of the flesh, and there is not any resemblance of the spirit. Okay? Spirit and soul, they need to be dealt with. Your soul should not be the last ruling factor. It should be the Spirit of God. Now, why the soul reigns or what, which are the areas that the soul can influence lives? Uh, there are three parts, just as the, the body has three parts. What are they? Spirit, soul, body. Now, soul has three parts as well. Will, mind, and emotions. Three parts of the soul. Will, mind, and emotions, these three integral parts, they define the soul. They easily define the soul. Matthew 6 verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other. 
Ephesians 5 8 says, For you once you were in darkness, but now you are in the light. Walk as children of the light. Your spirit, soul, and body structure has three more structures. That is, that is, mind, will, emotions. Have you heard of these three terms previously? Yeah? Have these three terms dominated your life recently? Yes? So what's lifted high? There we go. Soul is still dominating. If our emotions are hindering our prayer life, soul is dominating. If our intellectual being is hindering our spiritual growth, the soul is dominating. If our will is hindering our spiritual growth, again, soul is dominating. Each one of us seated here, we have the free will to choose. Each one of us. We have the free will to decide. We have the free will to express our emotions. And we also have the free will to think what we want to think. We can say thoughts come and go. But the scripture says take every thoughts captive. So we can train our thoughts not to think in a certain way. But do we? That is a question again. The body has flesh, bone and blood. Right? Flesh, bone and blood. blood. Three parts again. The soul has mind, emotions and will. Now the spirit, spirit has three parts. Wisdom, communion and conscience. Wisdom, communion and conscience. Your emotions should be directed by the wisdom of God. Have you ever felt the emotion of saying, I do not feel like forgiving them? Ever felt that? Yes? Have you ever felt that emotion of, I don't feel like praying today? Honestly? Yes? But what does the scripture still tell us? Pray without? Before you offer a prayer or offer uh, an offering, first you go, forgive, cleanse, come back, then you offer, and then that prayer or that offering will be accepted by the Lord. So forgiveness is still an obedient command. Our emotions may not feel like forgiving, but biblical wisdom or the spiritual wisdom says, hey, you still have to forgive them. So despite of not feeling like forgiving, if you go forward and forgive them, start loving them, showing them the grace that God has shown you again, that is where you know that now the spirit in you is starting to rise up. But if you still allow your emotions to guide you, there is a problem. If you still allow your will or your desires to guide you, there is still a problem. I will decide if, what, how I want to use my time. Does it convict you? If not, if you're least affected by convictions, know you have had a hardened heart. If convictions don't change you now, if, if convictions don't make you repent now, there is a problem with the heart. That is, the soul is now building up again. Why is all of this important again? Why? Because if you are living by the soul, you will not be able to hear of the spirit. Okay? If you're living by the soul, you will not be here of the spirit.
God will, will bring you down and he will build you up by the spirit so that he can continue talking to you. The flesh, the desires, the emotions, the will, all these things will be broken down. Only then can God revive, restore, and reuse you as he intended you to be. Do you want to hear from God? We have been asking this question since the last two days. I'm asking again, do you want to hear from God? Do you? Yes. Do you want to know where he's leading you? Yes. What he wants you to do? Yes. Then stop doing what you want to do. And start doing what he's already told you to do. We all pray that I'm waiting for the Lord to reveal the next step. How about you keep doing the steps that God has already told you to do? He's already told you to be, be the, the light of the world. Go continue being the light of the world. He's called you to go and make disciples. Go share the testimony. Go share the gospel. Go share the good news. Take the steps which God has already told you. If you, if you are faithful with the steps he's told you, he will eventually show you the next step. But the problem is we don't want to be faithful with the steps he's already given us and then we are expecting God to give us the next step. Why? Because the soul doesn't want to do certain things. We don't want to go pray for our enemies. We don't want to go and pray, Lord, bless my enemies. Lord, let salvation be upon that household, even though they have done wrong to me. But I pray for that salvation. We, our, our soul will not want anyone to get better than us. The flesh will not want someone else getting a promotion more than us. The flesh will not desire that someone else crosses me and becomes more successful. But the Spirit will. Jesus humbled himself before God and before man. He even washed the feet of his disciples. And he promised them that he will be with him if they continue to do what he has called them to do. But that's not it. Jesus said that you will do greater things than I. They did not believe it. They did not know how it would be. But Jesus knew it would be possible. But for that, Jesus had to first break them down. That conviction got them. That teaching got them. That moment of, of uh, isolation for the three days, it brought them back to the heart of God. If you're going through one of those phases of the dark night of the soul, the entire purpose is that your flesh may die so that the Spirit of God may start living in you again. That is where your, your wilderness experience plays the big important role. Okay? So don't, don't pray that Lord remove this wilderness experience from me. Rather start praying, Lord, let your Spirit lead me through this wilderness experience. Allow him to show me, train me, teach me as he wants me to be. Right? Identify what are the problems due to which your soul is still growing. That's very important. Write that down for yourself. Identify the problems which is allowing your soul to grow. But before we identify the problems, I want you to know the consequences of having a soulish life or a hardened heart. Okay? 
How many of you know what consequences mean? You know what consequences mean? If you don't do this, then something of the opposite result will happen. If you do this, then something of a good result will happen. Right? If you study well or if you are in good favor with people, good favor with God, you will find a better placement or maybe you find a better business or maybe start or having having good uh, rapport with people. But if you're not, in a, in a, if you're walking in a self-righteous way, if you're walking in pride, there will be a fall. There will always be consequences to your actions. Whether it be out of the flesh, whether it be out of your emotions, whether it be out of the spirit of God. Now, you and I, we have been given this freedom to decide which consequences we want to be part of. Do you want to be part of the consequences of the flesh? Or do you want to be part of the consequences of the spirit? Which one would you prefer? The wages of sin is what? Death. But the spirit of God gives us what? Life. And how is that life? Eternal life. Right? So which consequence would you rather have? Having eternal life by walking in the spirit or having eternal death by allowing the flesh to grow? Let's read Ephesians 4 verse 17 and 18. Ephesians 4, 17 to 18. Therefore I say this and testify in the Lord. You should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their What does your Bible say? In the futility of your minds, right? But that's the thing. The Gentiles or the non-believers, they walk guided by their thoughts, by their emotions, by their desires. And Paul says that you should not walk like them. He goes on to say, they are darkened in where? Their understanding. We just read understanding comes from where? The Spirit of God, right? Excluded from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them and because of the because of the hardness of their hearts. So why do people walk by the thoughts? Because their hearts are hardened to the voice of God. That's it. No other reason. No matter how much we try, they, have a, they still have a hardened heart. Which is why they still walk by their understanding, by their desires, by their emotions, and not by the understanding of God. The consequence of having a soul ruling is that we will be blind to the works of God in and around our lives. The very first consequence. We will be blinded to the works of God in and around our lives. We may experience others enjoying the presence of God, but we may still be stagnant and not knowing what's actually going on. We may think that, hey, they, these people are crazy. How are they still praying? How are they still worshipping? Why are they kneeling down? Why? Because our eyes, our minds are clouded because of our thoughts. If our lifestyle is guided by our thoughts, we are still walking as the Gentiles walked. And that's not the purpose for which Christ saved us. He saved us for the renewal of our minds. He saved us that by renewing of our minds, by renewing of our thoughts, we may be more like Him. First, uh, Hebrews 3.15. Let's also read that. Hebrews 3.15. 
Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. Also, verse 11, please. I swore in my anger, they will not enter my rest. They will not enter my rest. Why? Because they're still not hearing my voice. No matter how hard I tried, no matter how many chances I gave, no matter how many years of wilderness I led them through, but they are still failing to hear my voice. So why? Why would I give them any of these rests? Why should I give them a revelation? Why should I give them an insight? Well, they all know me, they know about me, but still they test me. The Israelites, they knew God very well, but they still tested God very often. What are you going to do now? Are you still hearing us? Why are we still in the wilderness? They kept testing God despite they knowing God. That's what soul tends to do. We know what the scripture says. We know what the scripture calls us to do. We know what, what is good in the eyes of the Lord. But still we are, what am I going to do? And after what I do, what is God going to do? I'm still going to live the way I want to live. What is God going to do in my life then? How will He change me? How will He transform me? My friends, for that to happen, you need to discipline your mind. You need to discipline your emotions. You need to discipline your thoughts. You have to let go of the soul control and allow the Spirit of God to play in you. The consequence of having a soul rule, as I stated previously, you will not be affected by the Holy Spirit at all. So if it grieves the Spirit of God, you will not be affected by it. If it's hurting God, you won't be affected by it. If God is displeased by our offerings, you will still not be affected by it. We have sinned, now that the guilt or the, or the recursion of sin doesn't, doesn't scare us anymore. We have, we have ignored God's calling completely or ignored God's voice or walked out in rebellion. We are not afraid of God anymore. That is the consequence of our soul. Your will is not broken down. That is a big consequence. Have we lost the fear of God in our lives? Let that be a question to ponder. Do you fear that because of your rebellion you are walking away from God? Does that bring you closer to Him? Does that make you repent? Or just because nothing is happening, we are now okay with nothing happening. So all fear is gone, all reverence is gone, all fear of death is gone, all fear of judgment is gone. It is an unbroken will that is still reigning in our lives. Do you have unbroken will in you? Do you fear what's coming next? The wages of sin is what? That's not a free gift. You're earning debt. What are wages? It's salary, right? That how do you earn salary? By working. So we are earning debt by working a sinful life. But the salvation is what? Free gift. Who paid the price? 
Jesus paid the price. You and I, we receive it by faith. Right? Our will will not want that. We will still want to work. I like this. I like this relation. I like these movies. I like these habits. I like this. And we keep building our salary up. But ultimately, that salary will just bear pain and sorrow and lots and lots of crime. But if that doesn't scare you, you will never repent. If that doesn't scare you, you will not come back to God. If that doesn't scare you, you will not ask God to help you out of that soulish life. I want you to understand this. Your emotions are getting the better of you rather than the Spirit of God getting the better of you. Are your emotions towards God jaded? We feel emotional when one of our friends goes through a bad situation. Do you? If your friend, good friend is not doing well, do you feel bad? Yes? If your friend is sick or met with an accident, do you, do you grieve? Any sort of pain or remorse? Are you awake? Yes. Will you feel bad if something had to happen to your friends? Right? If you hurt your friend by an action or just by joking around, what would you do? What would you do? Apologize? Why would you apologize? Probably because even you felt bad that now your friend is feeling bad. Right? Probably because you know that what you did was not good in their eyes or that was not approved by them. Our emotions towards each other are very high. But our emotions towards God is not so effective. So if He is displeased with us, why doesn't it affect us? If he is displeased with our way of lifestyle, why doesn't it change us? If my friend doesn't like this habit or this joke or this, this kind of lifestyle, we try a lot to make sure that around them, we're not doing any of those things. So that they may not be offended. But what about offending God? What about offending God? And after offending Him, how do you feel? Do you even consider that it is possible that in our actions, in our lifestyle, at any given moment, we may be offending God? Why? Because the soul is still in charge. Soul rule will allow your offenses to rise without any repercussions, feeling of repercussions. Spirit rule will make you realize or the spirit will show you what you've done is wrong and it will make you repent of that wrong to it. Hebrews 3 verse 7 to 9. As the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion on the day of the testing in the desert where your fathers tested me they tried me and saw my words. 
So they, they knew God, yet they tested him, yet they tried him, despite they seeing what God has already done. In your moment of quiet, in your dark night of the soul, in your wilderness experience, instead of testing God, try to rely on God and walk the way he wants you to walk. Okay? Don't do it out of emotions. Don't do it because you feel like doing it. But be obedient to the voice of God. If he tells you to humble down and be quiet, to just be, then just be present in the presence of God. If he, tells, if he gives you a word and he says, this is for you, keep it for you. If he's teaching you something, let that be a teaching to you. Don't, you don't have to go and teach someone else until he tells you to. Now the issue here is, many of us, we want to receive from God to give to others. Rather than receive from God so that we may be corrected. Why? Because we always want to show that we are better than someone else. We always want to show that we have superior authority than someone else. The more soul rises, the lesser space for the Spirit of God to work. 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 and 2. Write it down. We will read that. You can read that later on. But deception is possible when the, when the soul is ruling. Deception is possible when the soul is ruling. You will be easily deceived. Why? Because your wants will always be on high. If you don't want anything, what are the chances of deception? If you don't want water, Would you want to buy a bottle of water? If you don't want water, would you buy a bottle of water? Yes, no. If you're not hungry, would you buy food? If you don't want to go on vacation, would you buy tickets? But because there is want, we will keep strolling, we'll keep looking for the things that can quench our thirst or quench our hunger. Why? Because there is a want. To do in your notebooks, identify what you're wanting to offer. What are your wants? And how is that impacting your decision making every day? What is your want? There's a big difference between need and want. Okay? So identify your want. I want this, I want this, I want this. This is on my uh, saved list. This is on my Amazon list. This is on my Flipkart list. This is on, I, I want all of this. Do you read? Okay? Because of lack of time, all those in-depth explanations I won't be able to share with you. But try to identify what you're wanting. And try to control it in humility and in submission to God. Alright? Now, talking about the hindrances, what are the hindrances that can prevent you from hearing the voice of God? Okay? There are two sorts of hindrances. One, external hindrance and second, internal hindrances. External hindrances and ex internal hindrances. These hindrances are some things that you will do more instead of hearing or, or walking with God. Okay? You will work on doing those external and internal hindrances more rather than walking with God more. Those, three, uh, those things will be your priority. You will want to do those things. For example, in external hindrances, anything that your body wants to do, 
that is your external limits. Anything that your body wants to do. For example, your body wants to sleep. During prayers, during worship, during your personal quiet time, during the church service, the body wants to sleep. What about those external hindrances? What if you're missing out in that moment what God wants you to hear? What would the benefit of the external hindrance? What is the benefit of external hindrance? If you miss out or if you sleep during the word of God being preached, what profit would you get? Sorry? No profit? What would you lose? We just read that those who hear the word of God their hardened hearts won't stay hardened. Their life will not be the same. He brings deliverance. He brings healing. So maybe because of my flesh dominating, I'm missing out on the work of spirit in my life. Sleep is just one example. Our phone usage is another example. Our binge watching on Netflix or Amazon Prime is another example. Our movies or our food habits are another example. Anything that the body does is external hindrance to the work of God. Amen? Awake? We talked yesterday, right? First thing, during our 10 minute break, what is it? This beautiful thing. Now, we, we were talking yesterday, some of us, and we, we thought, okay, is it bad to use this? Or is it bad to have entertainment? Is it bad to watch TV series? No, it's not. Maybe. It would be bad if it becomes, it takes higher time than God in my life. It is bad if my first thought during a break or during a Bible study is, making sure that I have all my notifications checked, I've replied to all the texts, I've gone through all the DMs. It is bad if we are here for a purpose, but we are still lost in this gadget, catching up on the things that we actually wanted you to run away from. You want to know what the camp was all about? What was the theme of the camp? The art of hearing God. But honestly, let me ask you, how often did you hear a video from your phone? Or a voice note? I'm pretty sure you heard that more than from God. Big challenge? Too bold of a statement? Check yourself at the 11 o'clock tea break. Check yourself when you're having breakfast. Check yourself when everyone is going to bed and you're still there with the phone. How many of you were up till 2 last night? Anyone up till 2 a.m.? <laughs> See, it is possible for us to stay up till 2 a.m. But for what? But what if we said that, okay, now you by yourself stay up till 2 a.m. in the presence of God. 20 minutes. If you're kneeling down, you'll sleep kneeling down. 
feels it, but the flesh is weak. Ah, it's not so weak when we want to do what it wants us to do. It becomes weak when the Spirit of God calls us to do what we should do. You see, spending two hours or three hours in a movie theater become, is not difficult. Why? Because it's enjoyment. But spending three hours in the presence of God becomes difficult because the body is not used to it. But let me tell you, the body was made for the presence of God more than the entertainment of the world. So if three hours in the presence of God is difficult for us, who's reigning, soul or the spirit? So, why? Because three hours is not a big deal if we are doing what we want to do. Three hours is not a big deal if we are, we watch 40 minutes of, of, uh, of an episode. But that 40 minutes never ends. Next, next. We can, it is possible for us to finish one season of a, of a show in, in just three, four hours or one day. But it's not possible for us to finish one book of the Bible in one day. You see the difference? Now, it's not coming out of condemnation. I'm just showing you the difference between the soul and the spirit. It is easy for the soul to do what it wants to do. But it is difficult for it to do what the spirit calls to do. You and I, by the spirit of God, should be enabled to do what the spirit wants to do. So if it wants us to pray, we should pray. If he wants us to read the scriptures, we should read the scriptures. If he wants us to share the good news, we should be sharing the good news. Don't let your external hindrances hinder you from growing and hearing the voice of God. Okay? External hindrances clear? Make, make sure that you check that when you go home. Right? Second was what? Internal hindrances. Mood swings. How many of you have mood swings? Don't be ashamed. Time. Emotional damage. <laughs> Anger. Frustrations. Short temper. Jealousy. Pride. Ego. All these things will cloud you from doing and hearing the word of God in your life. Okay? Those are the things that go on in you. Overthinkers in the house. Should I really be doing this? What does the Bible say? If it tells you to do it, just do it. But should I? Do they deserve it? Do they deserve grace? Do they deserve forgiveness? If the Bible says it. If Jesus died for all mankind, then that's our standard. If he decides all mankind deserves grace, then all mankind deserves grace. There is no exception. Amen? If he says that all mankind deserves to hear the good news, then all mankind should hear the good news. Don't let your internal hindrances stop you from hearing or dreaming from God. Get rid. It's not easy, but get rid of the overthinking. Don't go back and forward. Don't think a lot. Right? Take every thought captive by the scriptures. Remind yourself, okay, this is what the scripture is telling us to do. This is what I should be doing. And this is what I will do. The emotions will say, if it feels good, 
do it. But the Spirit of God says, even if it doesn't feel good, if I say it is right, you do it. It doesn't feel good to forgive someone who's hurt us. But the Spirit of God does tell it is right to forgive them. It is wanted, it is needed to forgive them. So even if the feelings say the opposite, still do what God tells you to do. Still do what, do what the scripture tells us to do. Soul rule will lead with rebellion. Spirit rule will, will lead with surrender. Okay? If we are guided by emotions or external hindrances, then we will walk in rebellion rather than surrender. And God cannot walk with a rebellious heart. Until two agree, they cannot walk together. God doesn't agree of the, of the pride. So we need to make sure that the pride is gone. Okay? And lastly, for, for this topic, if you, if you are dealing with overcoming or, or letting your soul be humbled, then the fellowship of the Spirit begins in your life. That's where you start to enjoy life. That's where you are more grateful. That's where you are more gracious. That's where you are more forgiving. Everything from the fruit of the Spirit starts to grow in you. And that is the sign that you are walking in fellowship with the Spirit. Fellowship with the Spirit is not a Sunday thing. It's not a three-day camp thing. It is an everyday thing. You walk in the Spirit every day. Not once a week. Not three times in a year during the PSU camp. No. Every day. And to prove that, let's read um, Acts chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Acts 5, 15 and 16. As a result, this is after the church started to grow and uh, the believers and the people started to believe in the works and the spirit of God. As a result, they would carry the sick out to the streets and lay them on the beds and pallets so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. In addition, a multitude came together from the town surrounding Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by the unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So, scripture doesn't say that Peter laid hands on them. Scripture doesn't say that he knelt down and prayed for them. Scripture doesn't say that he, he said, okay, get out of you, uh, him, you demon, or get out of her, you evil spirit. He, does, he didn't do any of those things. What happened? How did they get healed? So when does Peter have a shadow? On Sundays? Every day, right? You see, when the Spirit of God grows in you, it starts to grow out of you. Your presence will impact lives more than your words at certain times. You won't have to keep preaching to people. Your, the presence of God will work or exude through your life. It will pour out of your life. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. That is what the proverb says. So out of the abundance of your heart, what's coming out? Jealousy, pride, rebellion, or the Spirit of God that is able to heal people?
that is able to set people free, that is able to bring comfort to the people who are going through trying times, that is going, uh, that is bringing forgiveness or restoring certain families who are going through a break around. Is your presence impacting lives? Or does it take hours and hours of prayers, hours and hours of fasting or days of fasting, believing that that's how things will happen? James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Understand this, the only change that is constant is a spiritual change. That's the only change that is constant. Fashion changes, gadgets changes, technology and the ideology changes, but godly change remains. If it brings the change, that will remain. Now we will say, but righteous people do fall. But after they fall, what do they do? Why? Because they know I have a taste of what is good. So they will come back to the change where we, they went out from. Why? Because that change made them right in the eyes of God. Your spiritual change should be a constant. Your spiritual growth should be a constant. It should not be once or twice. It should be every single day. Be a solution to people's problem. Your spiritual growth should not be a problem for others. If it is a problem for others, it's not a spiritual growth. It's just you growth. Just you. Now I'm rising up. Now I'm, my name is being expanded. Now they, the people know me. And now they hate me. They are jealous of me. Are you the attention seeker? You should not be. The only one who deserves all the attention, his name is Jesus. The only one who deserves all the praise, all the exaltation is Jesus. So if you and I, we are saying that they are jealous of who I have become, that is a problem. Because they should not be jealous of who we have become. They should be like, I want to be like them. Why? Because Paul said, follow my example. I try to be as much as possible. I try to be like, the, like Christ. Now you try to be like me. He was not trying to make people like Paul. But Paul was confident because he is becoming more like Christ. If they copy him, they will be more like Christ. We want to make our followers. But God's command is to make his disciples. Not followers. We want to dress like certain people. We want to sing like certain people. We want to lead worship like certain people on, on the YouTube. We want to do all of it. But the ultimate goal is not so that we may become better. It's so that God may be expanding his work through our lives, through our ministry. Your growth should should encourage people to grow and not discourage people in faith. Let it not be the case. If you're growing, make sure you're growing with two or three people with you. You should not leave anyone behind. Take as many as possible with you. Another problem that arises is we often think with our minds. Why? We, want, we, we think with our minds to react not to understand. What are they going to say? We will listen to their voice, we will listen to what they are teaching so that we can react to it or we can answer it or we can have a debate with it. But we don't open our minds for an understanding. If the word of God comes to you, set your thinking pattern to understanding and not complaining or arguing. 
right? If the if some if a, if a minister comes and talks to you, or if the scripture talks to you, or if if the conviction comes to you, said this, I have to understand what God is trying to tell me. When you understand, now listen to this. When you understand, you will not want to be always right. Sometimes understanding will want you to be quiet, even if you're right. Okay? You don't have to debate. It's no use riding someone up for an argument. Allow there to be time, right time, where you can rebuild that conversation and have it in a proper, healthy manner. If it's becoming a heated debate, quiet yourself down. Walk away from the crowd. Come back some other time where people are receptive of them. That is what Jesus did in certain towns. Right? He would slip away. Why? Because he knew that it's not going to work right now. Allow your thinking, allow your work, uh, your actions to always be sure that you are understanding and not just reacting. Understand the pain, understand the problems, understand the heart of God. Be hungry for the heart of God. Be humble in the presence of God. And be teachable by the word of God. Okay? I'm repeating. Be hungry for the heart of God. Be humble in the presence of God. And be teachable by the word of God. These three things will help you to grow spiritually. It is your responsibility to grow. Hungry for the heart of God. Humble in the presence of God teachable by the word of God. If you grow spiritually, fellowship will be natural and not a battle. Community will be the core and not isolation. If you grow spiritually, you will not give your opinion as revelations. But you will rely on the word of God to complete its calling or complete its work. Too often our opinion becomes, we, we cast it on people as, okay, this is the revelation, this is what the word of God says. Or that probably was just your opinion. How to know if it's your opinion? Is it backed by the Spirit of God? Is it backed by the scriptures? Is it backed by the leaders that are appointed over us? If it is backed by many people, then it's no longer an opinion. Then it's a unity. Our opinions will be fleshly. Godly revelations will be of the spirit. If you're growing in the spirit, you will not prove you are gifted, but you will allow the gift to prove you are called. If you're growing in the spirit, you will not have to prove you are gifted, but you will allow the spirit of God to show you are called. But now we are using our gift to show that I'm a gifted person. The spirit doesn't boast. He stays. He did not boast on the creation. He was with the creation. He walked with us. Right? Don't boast or don't worry about who you are or what you're becoming or what skills you're carrying. Allow the spirit of God to do everything that he wants to do. If you're growing in the spirit, you will not shift blames, but you will walk in forgiveness and reconciliation. If you're growing in the spirit, you will not shift the blame, but you will walk in forgiveness and in reconciliation. Can we save it up? 
the other part, the gifted part. Okay, if you are uh, if you are growing in the spirit, you will not prove that you will not want to prove that you are gifted. Okay, but the spirit of God will prove that His calling is upon you, or that you are called. Spiritually growing people, two more points. Spiritually growing people will never stay isolated for a long time. That doesn't mean that you don't stay isolated with God. It just means that once you are isolated with God, you still have to come down from the mountain and be with the people of God. You still have to talk to the people of God. You still have to build up that relation with the people of God. Jesus had a 40-day fast. That was the beginning of his ministry. So every time you are isolating yourself, be it in fasting, be it you know personal quiet time, make sure you're coming back with something that impacts the community, the church, and not just you. And when you come back, don't force it on people. Don't Moses didn't throw the Ten Commandments on people's heads. They declared it. Now it was on them whether they wanted to accept it or not. You don't have to force the word of God. Allow the word of God to work in people's lives. And lastly, this this was funny when uh, Pastor, uh, I mean, so John Paul Jackson, he said this. Stop fantasizing about your role in the church. Okay? Just be who God wants you to be. We fantasize so much that our, our setup should be like this, our choir should be like this, the song should be like this, the beat should come up like this, and then we hinder what, how the Spirit of God wants to move. If the Spirit of God wants to move freely, let Him move freely. Don't let your fantasies uh, uh, not hinder, but, but cramp up the complete work of God. Don't let Him block or, or close the Spirit of God in your life. Don't fantasize that there should be big bright lights and all these things. If I, if I talk, they have to respond like this. Don't build yourself up too high. It's the spirit of God's work to bring life. Stop worrying about how things should be. Be available for God and let Him use you as He, as he wants to use you. If He wants to use you without any bright lights and stage lights and smoke screens, let Him use you without all of it. If he wants you to preach without the mic and with on a one-on-one -on -one conversation, be available for it. If he wants you to live a life where, where your society or in the colony where you stay, people come to know Jesus, then allow him to use you there. You just don't have to keep fantasizing that this is how I'm going to do it. You have to allow the Spirit of God to show you how he wants you to do it. Okay? So enough with the fantasies. Enough with the self-appraisal, enough with the self-glorification, enough with the self-promotions. All these things should be out the window, out of our house. And all that should be left in us is the Spirit of God who hovered upon the earth and who created everything with the God's work. The same Spirit is alive. Do you believe? The same Spirit is active. Amen? And the same Spirit is speaking. But then the question arises again, who's listening? Is it the flesh? Or ultimately is it the spirit? Okay? So, 
two realms that we are in constant battle with soul and the spirit soul in short will be not just flesh blood and this but it will be will will mind emotions if these three things are dominating in my life no matter who I am or how many time hours I spend in worship, I'm still being dominated by who? Soul. Soul rule people, what kind of heart do they possess? A hardened heart. A hardened heart is not teachable. They are not humble and they are not progressing in the spirit. But for us to walk in the spirit, even though we have our emotions or feelings, what will we train our minds to do? What the word of God tells us to do. Okay? Two hindrances that, that often hinder our spiritual growth. What are they? External and? What are external hindrances? Anything that the body does. What are internal hindrances? Anything that the heart and mind does. Emotions, overthinking, clouded judgment, confusion, feelings, Willpower, all those things are internal. External, anything that we have around us or using by our body, whether it be friend circle, movies, entertainment, phones, anything that we have that could have, have had been used for God is now being used by us or using us, that is external hindrances. Right? We also saw or uh, looked into some of the aspects of spiritual growth. Spiritual growth will not promote self, but it will always glorify God. Spiritual growth will not be dependent on the gifts, but it will be dependent on the calling of God. And finally, spiritual growth will walk with God. Your presence itself should be impacting lives, not just on Sundays, but every single day. Amen? Right? So, what are your tasks? I gave you two tasks, right? What are they? Loudly. Identify your? And second? How does it affect us? So check your mood. How does that affect you? How does that affect your lifestyle or your growth? And also, are you living by your wants or are you in control of your wants? Right? That's all from me for today or at least for this camp. God bless you and thank you so much. And for the next stuff, Pastor Roy is going to lead us. Great job. Before we go, we do tea break and next session. We had the lecture Devina in the morning. Right? Now you heard God speaking to you through the word of God itself. Wonderful teaching that we have gone through. And I can I can guarantee that it has changed my life. About my perspective about the ministry, perspective about my positions, perspective about my my walk with people. You know, uh, I have uh, I, I I never compete with anyone. I don't I don't prove to be to write with people, you know. I don't. I, I I I don't want to see. I always compete with myself. I was talking to somebody. Was saying that I was saying that uh, you know it is better to polish myself to be a better better person than making competing. What because God created you uniquely. 
you cannot, no matter how much you try, you cannot be the other person. No matter how much makeup you put up, you cannot be that person. No matter how much physique you build up, you cannot be that person. Because God has created you uniquely, marvelously, wonderfully. So what should be your competition? You should be competing with you. That Lord, I want to be a better person than yesterday, today. I want to hear better you today. Every day should be a day of competition with ourselves. And that's why I say, like to Divina, we heard, we have 10 minutes for tea. And the exercise that we have left out now, on the light of this verses we heard, as we say, what we are teaching on, the teaching is about the art of hearing God. You think what? Hey, I have not got any tips. These all are the tips. What is hindering you from, and the next two sessions, it will be very, very challenging for you to receive it. Right? Very challenging. Because it may show you a, you a mirror. Why we are not able to listen to the voice of God. Now, in, in Psalm 51, we had a portion called, Create in me a clean heart. And a contrite spirit in me. Right? Now, on the light of this teaching that we receive, would you please take next five to ten minutes identifying those areas where you been somehow knowingly or unknowingly become more and over than the scripture demanded or asked to, to you to be and you have then 11 verse 11 experiencing that the presence of God is not with me. I don't, some people say, I don't experience the presence of God. Some people say, then it says that uh, do not uh, take away the, the Holy Spirit from me. Can you please look in? You cannot stay longer hard-hearted in the presence of God. I tell you, it is better to be humble, otherwise He will break you in such a way that you know, you know that what will happen. God broke Jonah. With his understanding, he tried to rebel against God. And some of us see, see how can God says he will remove the hard heart. But God gives somebody just uh, in the morning send a WhatsApp picture. Let me open it up. And uh, say to you, in our New Living Stream group, one of my brothers sent a picture saying, Elijah told the people to repent. Isaiah told the people to repent. Joel stood up and said the people to repent. Jonah told the people to repent. Jeremiah, Micah, Amos, Malachi, and all had the message of repentance. Jesus said repent the disciples said and saying repent and 2023 the message still not changed repent and if then still you are so hard-hearted it is god's eye is upon you no matter how hard-hearted you could be 
God will change. And you cannot stay hard-hearted. You know, if you willfully rebel, the Bible says, if you willfully rebel, there is a consequence. That's what George started with saying, consequences. With God or without God. That is the consequences to yourself. You don't grab more information about God without having the audacity to submit to Him. It was too much. Too much. So, next 10 minutes. Under the light of this message, can you please ask God, the Holy Spirit, to deal with you? And I will begin the next topic after the tea. Tea break. I want you to quickly come because if you want to close that things in a uh, perfect time. Okay? I give you 10 minutes. And uh, it's not any kind of prayer or any kind of uh, laying hands or anything else. It's a self-examination of yourself. And asking God, Created me a clean heart, a contrite spirit. Do not take away the Holy Spirit. Do not cast me out from the presence of God. Close your eyes. Take a few ten minutes of time. Don't sit as if you nothing happened to you. I believe God is speaking to you in the areas where you wanted to humble yourself. I know God is doing a good thing in your life. I pray and I believe that you may find the favor of God in your life. So God bless you. Father, I pray for these wonderful children whom you bought up to here, you have given them under this ministry to take care of them. And the Spirit of God is teaching them to learn to hear from the Master's voice. I pray that God no prejudices, no self-imposed systems or plans may Keep them away from hearing from you. Jesus said, I do things what I see my Father does. Tell them to look to you, God. Continue to speak to them. Continue to minister to them. If there is any empty hearts sitting here, I pray that God fill them with a purpose. If there is some hard heart. I pray that God you change it so that your favor from them may not be lifted up. And I want to tell you today there is a favor of God upon you so that's why still you are hearing the word of God. That's why still you are in the presence of God. That's why still people of God loves you and cares for you. But then when the day you become diligently, very, very diligently rebellious against the word of God, thinking that nothing can move me, my knowledge is big, my what my understanding is big, that's the time God's favor will be lifted up from me. 
and that time is going to be very difficult. Your sin will find you. Your greatest sin is rebellion against God. Pride was the reason why sin happened. And one of the side effects of sin is rebellion. Last, last Sunday I said you can be in the church but you will rebel against God and God's word. And also I want to encourage you one thing. Now, okay, free from prayers. You want to encourage somebody also. When you go down, you know, I, I, yesterday also I was very surprised when evening I came down, you know, I was hearing very good. We sung the songs of, the, 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 what was the song we started, I say that uh, you, are, you are the, there is no one like God. And then we went in, immediately we become natural. Very natural. Uh, hue and cry and mobile phones, games. You didn't even allow the Spirit of God to settle you. I was so surprised that it was exactly in the Mount Sinai it happened. My Mount Sinai it has happened. Shaul went up, seeking the face of God and praying. And then the people in the in the bottom of that mountain where they were so early and God said to Moses, hey Moses you are seeking my face, see that people they are sinning, go and tell them yesterday night I, I, I told somebody I think so, whom I told yeah, I told Linda how can it be we sang song, we prophesied we, we cried and then immediately within two seconds when, when you are down, you are in your own color. And some of them were playing um, uh, mobile games, and some of them were some of them were shouting and screaming. And what you heard, the bird took away. You become very natural. When you come into the conferences and in the presence of God. Be sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit. I'm not telling you should not be natural, but allow the Holy Spirit to sit in you. If you don't allow the bird, what was, what was the seed sowing? It said some fell on the fell on the roadside, trampled. So whatever he heard, you walked away from that. Some on the throne, the bird took it away. Means what? The devil did not allow you to settle in your heart. How attentive you are when you come to the church. As Pastor George said, we sleep. It's not soaking time. If the word of God cannot convict you to stay awake, praise God for a very good chair, so you start resting on it. Do you think God is speaking to you? Set it for some time. Five minutes, ten minutes in the presence of God after you hear something. Let it go in. I think what is the distance I think sign according to this is 120 centimeter or inch is the difference between mind and art it says. So it takes a longer time. Don't allow to be so casual. 
when you hear some word and go ponder on it what is god is speaking to me don't be so naturally quickly and after that we have time enough time to enjoy play everything as your pastor george yesterday said 5 minutes break 3 minutes at least you be in the be settle in the presence of god 2 minutes be natural what you want to be but don't be immediately natural